Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Welcome, we're on to episode 30 of Down at Third Man podcast. Uh, we've got ourselves in the Sentinel, by all accounts, we've seen as we made it to 30. Um, and I wanted tonight, 30th episode, be a really pleasant, happy-go-lucky episode. Don't think that's possible after what we've witnessed from England the other day. Um, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Before we get into it all, of course, go and have a look at our supporters, our sponsors, Woodstock Cricket. Got all kinds of kit available at the moment. Got some great deals, some great offers on. Go on, use our discount code, thirdman 25 and treat yourself to something new for, well, really, let's be honest, it's for winter nets and next season at this point, isn't it? So get yourselves on there, have a look at that. Of course, we're still supporting Cardiac Risk and the Young. Still got plenty of stickers to give away, so if you could donate to our Just Giving, as always, that would be meant. And, of course, if you can get yourselves down to Port Hill uh, next Sunday, the 29th, for their Nathan Butler Memorial Day, please do. It'll be a great day. Um, they've got a £30 Woodstock voucher in their raffle that we've donated, so at least have a go go at the raffle and spend a couple of pints down there and enjoy your Sunday afternoon, hopefully, touch wood in the sun. Right, Jono is on official club business tonight. Aid, I don't actually know where he is. To be fair, I stitched up a bit because I told him we'll do our four on Thursday then remembered that that was the time I'd booked for Click and Collect for Tesco. So couldn't I couldn't do tomorrow because then I've got club <laughs> business as well straight after my Tesco order. So... Yeah, I've stitched Aid up and now he isn't replying, so take it, make of that what you will. So instead, we've got ourselves a little bit of a super sub. We've got Mountie with us, Andy Mountford from Betley, who we've had on previously. How are we, Andy? How are we, mate? you? Not bad, mate. I can't believe I forgot about my Tesco order, to be honest with you. I, I felt no. really ashamed. No, it's, uh, no it's, it's a good effort, really. I mean, cricket or, or food. Um it's yeah, good it's shelf being empty, you, you know. Wow, exactly. That's right, how are you coping? Mate, I don't cope without food and I don't cope without beer. And there's beer on the order, so it's 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 a key. As, the, as they said in lockdown, it was an essential trip. That's all that matters for me. So, I think it's only fair. Well, in fact, I'm going to ask you, mate. Would you like to start with the good or the bad of England versus India? Well, it's going to be very short, wouldn't it? Well, it is going to be. We can talk about roots for 30 seconds and then we can move on. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, roots, class, <clears throat> 180 not out. Um, then got 33, to be fair. His average is back above 50. He's number two batsman in the world now for test matches. only just behind Kane Williamson. He's head of Smith. He's head of Marnus. He's well clear of Virat now. Fantastic batting. And to be fair, the only other positive I wrote down was how good Ollie Robinson and Jimmy Anderson were with the ball, to be fair. Um, for again, they bowled well. But yeah, after that, I'm looking quite negative. Can you think of anything else positive that is um, worth a mention? Uh, Butler batted well second innings, didn't he? I mean, he looked like he was going to... He looks like the sort of player who, if, if, you, if you tell him what he needs to do, He'll, he'll do it well, whether it's stack or defend. If he's yeah. got a, if he's got a build innings himself, it, it looks like he hasn't he's got a, clue. a bit with it. <laughs> um, I was pleased with Robinson. He looks a he looks a real find. 
to me, take aside mm. the, the controversy earlier in the summer. Um, but he looks a serious bowler. He looks like a... We were, when we went Trent Bridge, I don't want to sort of say, oh, and test match or whatever. Um, but when we went Trent Bridge, we, we all agree he looked like a, a sort of better version of Tim Bresnan. Um, he seems to to bowl that, that style of bowl and that heavy, heavy ball, in inverted commas, um, and, and causing batsmen a bit of miver, uh, you know, when, they're, when they're, they don't know whether to go forward or backward to him in the same way Bresnan did in, in, in Australia in, in 2010. So I think if we, if we do go to Australia, uh, and I'm not 100% sure we will, uh, Robinson could be, a, could be a bit of a, an ace for us. Yeah, I hope so. I've been really impressed with him. I mean, we'll keep the racism controversy till later because there's another one to talk about, as always. Um, but yeah, I've been really, really impressed by Robinson. And I think what I quite like is not only is he a good bowler, he can hold a bat, and he clearly has got a lot of attributes bowling-wise that, I mean, he's going to be successful, I think, outside of England. Because I think that's always the concern with an English bowler. But I quite likely he's a bit of a shit house. He's clearly up for the battle and he clearly wants a bit of it. And he ends shaking away, which I'll be honest, was one of my gripes for the England team this week. Is that they just didn't seem, didn't all quite seem as like they were there for the battle, wanted it as much as India, which has probably been very, very harsh. But I know a couple of pundits who are often controversial have called it spineless. I think it might have been, I think I've heard Bumble use similar words as well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it was spineless. I mean, Coley's clearly got everybody behind him, and he's the sort of bloke who, who sort of in football manager parlance, he kicks every ball, doesn't he, yeah. from wherever he is. He, you know, you can see why why his players and why the, the, fast, the four fast bowlers all all support him um, and sort of carry out what what he wants. But Root doesn't strike me as that sort of bloke. Whether he's he's, whether he's too nice or whether it's just a a different, a different culture. I don't know how to use that word, but um, whether he he just doesn't think that's how you should behave on a cricket field. But I don't know. Um, that's probably a question that he'll, I'm sure, he'll get asked or answer when he retires. Yeah. So speaking of the captains, I think it's fair to say that it, there was a massive difference between the two skippers. Yes, one batted very well and one didn't bat particularly well. But when it comes to actual captaincy, I think it'd be fair to say Root probably finds himself quite a bit at fault for what happened on the morning of day five, whereas Coley, I think it's fair to say, is a very good skipper. Mark, I think it's fair to say you could also say he's a bit of a cock, but he's a good skipper that everyone on his side will clearly bat to the hilt and run through walls for. But Root, what, what was the thinking on the fifth, fifth day? I mean... You've got Bummer and Shamian. Now, I can understand that, that clearly Bummer had upset them by bowling clear, massive no balls and just trying to bounce here to whatever you want to say. Jamie, I understand that. But surely you just give an over-award doing that back to him. Then you get back to, to bowling sensible, proper lines and you try and get him out because by bowling it off stump, surely not placing every man and his dog out on the hook for players that can't even play the hook properly and getting Jimmy Anderson, of all people, to try and bounce them out. Have I, have I missed something? No. No, you've not missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Anderson hasn't got 600-odd test wickets by 
by doing that, has he? So yeah, there's yeah. something that's gone. There's something that's gone badly wrong there. Um, I mean, even if you say, well, Roots, Roots, upset about it. Anderson's upset about it. That's what you've got hundred coaches for. Yeah, they should they should be saying, well, hold on, lads. After two overs, what are you doing? Yeah, not. It's not good, and I think. Coaching, the coaches are probably starting to come under a little bit of flack. Obviously, Silverwood's now getting a little bit of flack because he's now in charge of selection. Some people are questioning why we're selecting the players we are because obviously we're, doing, we're not doing great. And I think coaches getting questioned because it's fair to say we look at England's top three batsmen and they seem to be going backwards. I mean, Dom Sibley looks like he's changed his his technique and he's actually which was all about scoring through the leg side. And now he doesn't score through the leg side, but he still can't score through the offside, which isn't isn't great. Um, you look at Ollie Pope. I mean, he got, he got first of all, he looked great. Then he came into the England side and started getting out LBW because he was batting on off stump. And now he's getting bowled by Chris Rushworth through a gate that you could probably fit a double-decker bus through. So I think I've noticed slowly... And it's on Twitter mainly, I would, as always. But there seems to be people now sort of edging towards, well, what what are we actually teaching them? Because they seem to be getting worse when they come into their test side. Surely they should be getting better and having better coaching. I think it's hard to say when, because no, not obviously coaching sessions, so you don't have a clue what they're telling them. I think people are just taking stabs in the dark, to be honest. But what do you make of not having a national selector? Um. I think I, don't, I mean a national side to me isn't isn't a, a, a massive issue. The issue is, is if you're bringing somebody who averages 35 in first class cricket. I mean, people says oh Trescoffic or Vaughan. Nobody can ever mention any any other than those two. If they average 35 in first class cricket, they're probably not very going to be very good Test players. Yeah, um, that's you know, you, you, if you're coming up against Shamra, uh, Shamra, or Shamra, <laughs> Shami, Bumra, um, uh, uh, Sharma, um, and, and these other fellas, you're going to be found out. The same as yeah. you're going to be found out in Australia when he comes against Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark. Mm. It's, 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 we're, we're, we're at a, a trough in terms of, of batting talent at the moment. I think bowling wise it's probably all right. Yeah. Even if, even if you take broad out and even with the injuries, I think there's enough um enough talent in the bowling that we probably won't concede four hundred too many times. But if you're only making two hundred yourselves, then you know you're not gonna win too many test matches, are no. you? No, sadly not. Uh talking of England's batting moves and obviously the top three, um we had the first ever time in an innings at home that both England's openers have been out for a duck. Uh, Burns and Sibley. Burns, was it 49 in the first innings? Looked okay. But then got out. I, I hated how we got out in the second innings. Leading edge to one that was going down leg just seemed very silly and bizarre. Sibley just didn't. He just. I feel sorry for him because I love his mentality. I think he, men, mentality-wise, he's the one who's got it, but... He's tried to change his technique to open up more scoring areas, and I think it's just it's not worked. And then obviously we had Hasib Amid, who typically got the golden duck first ball and the first ball that he faced, obviously, in the first innings. Second innings stuck about a bit. Fair play to him, looked a bit more comfortable. I was going to ask before the announcer squad where next for England's top 
three, but I think it's pretty clear that from the squad announcement that we'll get on to in a minute, clearly Hamid and Burns are going to open. And then it's between probably Milan and Pope. You would imagine to go three. You would assume if they're bringing Milan in, he's going to go three. Would be my guess. Do, do we agree with that? Do we think there's any other options? I know some people have called for Vince to be back. Well, I, I'll, 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 it's not my podcast, but I'll, I'll go rogue and put a question back onto you. Oh, Jesus. Hamid, Hamid, who got a golden duck in the first inning, scored nine in the second innings, having been dropped in a fairly routine slip catch. And suddenly we're talking about him being a slush to open the batting. Yeah, I think it's it's very brave. I think it's a decision he got to make purely because I don't think it was. Fa- I still don't think it was fair on him picking him for that test batting three. He's never batted three other than that season where the Lancashire basically gave him a go because he was doing that bad opening. They then let him have a go at three, and he didn't score any runs at three. So I don't see. I didn't quite see the logic behind it, to be honest. I thought it was a bit of a bizarre one, but they were just sort of like shoehorning him in. And I think someone said it maybe wouldn't have been too bad if he'd have been in in the second or third over in that uh, first game, uh, first innings. But the fact they had to wait around for an hour or so first probably didn't help matters. There was probably a lot of time sat on a balcony thinking, shit, I haven't played in four or five years for England. Shit, I need to make sure... I, I prove I'm good enough again. And so sitting there for an hour probably wasn't the greatest idea, greatest thing for him. So I can understand why they're giving him another go because I don't think they could just get rid of him that quick. But I, I don't think no. he's, the, he's necessarily the solution, shall we say. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not in favour of getting rid of him. Um, I mean, I saw a, a stat, again, probably on, on Twitter or, or, in, or in the paper or, so, or something, Something like forty percent of Burns and Sibley's opening partnerships have, have, have ended before the end of the second over in in their their Test career. So somebody's got to change, hasn't it? You can't go you can't go through a much longer because it's not a small sample size. I mean that'll be that'll be probably twelve fifteen Tests I reckon. Yeah, for those two have opened together. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of ducks. And there's a lot of not number three batsmen having to bat within the first two overs of games yeah. that is just isn't right. And so, yeah, get root, I, get root, get root up at three. Well, yeah, you may as well do. I mean, he used he opened He's basically batting at three now anyway. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm not shocked by Amid and Burns being the two. I was expecting that. I'm sort of glad they picked Milan. I know he hasn't got masses of. Red Bull runs to go off, but then I hate to tell people India don't have many players that have lots of Red Bull runs to go off. They're picking people based on what they see technique wise, and I think that's been a gripe some people have maybe had with England that they're picking people whose techniques do not look good. I don't think you can base it all on Luke, um, but there's got to be something in it because, as I say, a lot of the Indian side barely play any first class cricket outside of test matches. And a lot of them get the goes based on the technique and temperament that's been seen in other forms of cricket, which is not always going to work. But And I know they've got 1.6 billion or whatever it is to pick from, but I'm quite glad they've given Milan a go, mainly because I think he'll look very good as well. I think his, his, his technique should suit Australia. They're getting him back in for Australia, aren't they? Yeah, you would they're, think they're, so, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
Um, he's, he, I, I don't see him getting massive runs this this series, but I think his, his game will suit Australian pitchers. Yeah, I think he's just got to stick around and get maybe even just some 30s and 40s in the next three tests, maybe a 50 or two, and that will be him on the plane for definite, starting at three. I think he's just got to show that he's basically got more than Crawley, which, let's be honest, it isn't hard at the moment to show you've got more to offer than Zach Crawley because he's been in one of the worst veins of form, I think, of any player, which is a shame because I actually really, when he's looking good, he looks amazing. But Oh, he looks amazing, yeah, when he, when he in the, the one game a year where he bats well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And um, no the rest, rest of the time, there's, there's, there's number threes in the, the Premier League who are do a lot better than him. <laughs> yeah, very true. So, the only other point I had in England, the only other disappointment I really had was Sam Curran. I think it's maybe time for him to have a break from the team. Just, be, I just don't think he's strong enough to be a fourth bowler. But I also don't think he's good enough to be batting at seven as an all-rounder. I think he maybe just needs to either focus a little bit more on batting, a little bit more on bowling, either or and just getting himself to where he, he's got that position. Because I think, in reality, if Stokes and Wokes were fit, he wouldn't be anywhere. I wouldn't even have him in the squad, to be honest. I think he is probably, well, now, with Moe and Ali, I dare say he's fourth choice in the all-rounders list. And I dare say, as much as I don't rate him particularly, Overton maybe is worth a little bit of a go. But I'm not a massive fan of Overton. But at the same time, you've got the first ever King pair at Lords And... You've got one wicket across two tests. I think it's possible that maybe you just you need just a little break as much as anything. Yeah, he benefits from being left arm over, I suspect. Mm. And yeah, and like you say, Stokes and Wokes being injured. I mean, mm. I, I I don't give you any of those two are fit. Um, no. I think Overton more of the same. Yeah. Is he significantly different to Robinson? From what I, I mean, from what I've seen in in, it's only a small sample size for both of them. Uh, both of them look tall. Both of them have got a high action. Both of them had sort of lower lower order runs. Robinson seems to have a a bit more nip, um, and a, both of them look quite aggressive. Uh, Robinson is the man in possession, I suppose, for that for that role. Mm. Uh, and if Broad's going to come back, you, you've then got somebody who who does the same. Uh, I know that they like having tall ball, the idea of tall balls in Australia, but Overton went there four years ago, didn't he? And yeah, he got didn't Smith, set, didn't he? And that didn't was it. World, yeah, yeah, didn't set the world alight over than getting Smith out once. Yeah. So, I'll be interested, just before we get on to, obviously, the next test and, obviously, the squad announcement, just about India, did anyone in particular stand out? Obviously, Rahul did really well with a bat. Um, and I think Siraj stood out for both bowling very well, but also being a bit of a pipe at times. Um, yeah. Fair play to him for squaring up to Ollie Robinson, but there was only ever going to be one winner there. I'll hate to tell him. Um, but anyone else stand out for you, or were they the two main men? Shami always impresses me. For a bloke who doesn't appear to actually take wickets, he always yeah. looks really good, doesn't he? He looks like he should take double two, two, two or three balls and over seem to beat the bat. Um, and obviously he got that 50 when he, he averaged about seven balls and in innings before before we decided to ball rubbish at him. Yeah, um, yeah. But 
But yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like quite like Shammy. He, he looks like the sort of bloke who um, should take a lot more wickets than he does. Yeah, he certainly um, troubles troubles England enough. And I'll be honest, I'm amazed he hasn't got probably twice as many wickets as he has in the series because he loot the amount of times he beats the bat and just makes England squares up England players amazes me. Yeah. Uh, so squad announcement: three main names dropped: Crawley, Sibley, and a bit of a surprise, Jack Leach. But I think that's maybe as much because if I was Jack Leach, I'd be very, very pissed off with everything that's happened. Um, and in comes, of course, David Milani, who we've spoken about, um, and Saqib Mahmood also comes in. You would believe we would believe as more just a backup to Wood in case Wood isn't fit from what people from what we're saying. Um, but personally, I'd quite like to see Saqib Mahmood. Um, my comment was that if Chris Wokes wasn't available, then I would have been looking to play Saqib Mahmood as an extra bowler so that I wouldn't have to see Sam Curran, to be honest, which I know some people won't like. Um, but what did you make of that squad? Was there anyone that you thought actually they shouldn't have been admitted, they should have been in the, in the side? Oh, well, nobody I didn't think should have been admitted. I mean, simply... Yeah, I mean, Sibley and Crawley can't moan, really, can they? No. Um, I mean, there's, there's a few who probably say, well, I'm quite lucky to be in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leach, Leach, I suspect, is probably because he, he just wants to get out of a bubble life. Um, I think that's probably why they left it in. That No, he's, he's back up to Moeen. The thing that interested me was Silverwood's comment on the press release saying... Um, We've left Sibley out because he he needs to to get some time in the middle. Um, yeah. But Warwickshire's next Red Bull game or next game, full stop, isn't until a day after the Test match finishes. Yeah, so quite where where he's going to get time in the middle for the third Test? Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. Yeah, scheduling isn't going to help. I think that's for certain. No, no. Um, I think I think I think you you're stuck with these guys unless Wilkes yeah. um, gets it's, fit. I think you're stuck with these guys now until the end of the series. Yeah, it feels that way. I was a little bit disappointed that James Bracey still didn't get a spot, just as even a backup. I can't. I think the treatment of of him has been very poor. I mean, you've you've literally told him all winter and all for the last year, you're our next man in it in the top three. You then pick him as a number seven, keeping wickets because of people not being available. He struggles in what is two tests against the best team in the world, clearly. And you then drop him and then bring in, well, this is now at least two other people have now come in ahead of him in yeah. that top three that he was told like he was basically next man off yeah. the rank sort of thing. So I feel sorry for him because, again, he's gone he's gone back again to Gloucestershire and done, done well. I know it's only one day stuff because the Red Bull stuff's finished. Well, it isn't happening at the moment, but... I feel sorry for someone like him because it just feels like just the same as I guess Jack Leach and Don Best to an extent. They're being messed around. They're being made to sit in bubbles. They're being told this is why you're in because you're the next man in. And then we're, we're picking people from outside the bubble and saying, actually, they're going to have your spot. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I felt a bit sorry for him, but I don't think there was anything else. Maybe some people would have liked to see Vince, maybe. I can, I can understand why. I've always really liked watching Vince. I always think maybe had he not got run out that time in Australia, maybe his career had taken off. And I do wonder if that finally getting that 100 in the one one day is, yes, it's one day is, but mark that, 
just get him to kick kick on maybe and just be that difference maker to him confidence wise but I can't, I'm not surprised by the squad so yeah so we know who's been announced in the squad we know who's going to feature but or at least we, we've got an idea but who would you pick from sort of that that squad who would you be picking as your 11 to to hopefully get ourselves back in the series with a positive result at Headingley um, I, I think your, your two changes are, are Hamid up as a batting um, Milan comes in at three again uh, I mean I think you're, you're chucking Hamid a, a bit of a curveball expecting him to to promote him after being essentially nine for three um, <laughs> in, in in the Lord's test but I don't know we haven't got we haven't picked another opening batsman Uh and uh, I'd like Pope to come back in, but I, I don't see where he fits in. Um, and he, he, you, you send him away to score white ball runs, and he's managed to miss a straight ball from a bloke bowling <laughs> at probably 78 miles an hour. Yeah, if I'm, apologies if you're listening, Chris Rushworth, and you, you're <laughs> faster than that. But uh, it looked like just a, a piss poor shot. Um, yeah, he did. And, if you, and, and, he, and if you're saying, well, you've got to go away, get white ball runs, and then we'll, we'll consider you, it'd look a bit daft if you then picked him when he's he's missed a straight one. Yeah, I think it's guaranteed that the top three will be those, will be Burns, Hamid, and uh, Milan. Root's obviously going to be at four. Five, you've got to keep Bairstow there because he's actually yeah. pretty good, so you can't move him. The one thing I've heard people considering is putting someone, either Lawrence or Pope in at six, putting Butler down to seven, and then having Moeen at eight, Robinson nine, and playing just two other seamers and taking the watch that Sam Curran really didn't bowl much, and when he did bowl, he went for runs and he didn't take wickets. So could you get away with just playing the three if you trust Moeen at Headingley? But 20 years risky. ago... 20 years ago, you'd be saying it's perfect for Sam Curran, wouldn't you? A bloke ball wow. 80 miles an hour, just, just nibbling exactly. it about. Um, I don't, I, I know that's probably a, um, an old wives' tale now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, there's a good chance that we were ever about. We've not had a great August. No, it's um, been moist. So, it was, yeah, yeah, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so, if it's going to be cloud cover, you'd think, well, Curran... Curran might come into his own. I mean, he's got a good record against these before. Yeah, and I think he's quite mad in the series. In last time he came over once, I think. Yeah, and so I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if you say if the only changes are uh, as we've said, and maybe Saqib Mahmood comes in possibly if obviously Wood isn't fit. Other people have said maybe Overton him for for Curran as a possibility, um, but I, I can't. I think they'll probably stick with Curran. Whether I would. I've, I find it so hard to say because I can't I can't say I've seen enough of Overton to think he'll do anything massively better than yeah. Sam Curran. So, yeah. and the, my worry is that you've got if if your three bowlers include Jimmy Anderson at thirty nine and Mark Wood, you're asking a lot there for me of of them two to bowl a lot of overs alongside again Ollie Robinson and. We know what happens to people when you give them loads of overs. They get injured, they get stress fractures. So that's Joffrey Archer. So, yeah, with his fish tank in his hand. Well, that too. 
So I think you you almost you're risking maybe a bit too much. I know we probably need the extra batting, but again, at the end of the day, you can't. You get into the point where you're going to start saying, "Well, what do we do? Play eight batsmen and then pick three all rounders? Like what? What are you? You can't just keep picking batsmen and batsmen and batsmen in the hope that eventually we're going to get somewhere." Yeah, it just, no, I, agree. It just, I agree. Um, yeah, it just does not work like that. Um, so, yeah, I, personally, I would probably just make the changes you, you've said, even though I'm not the massive a massive fan of Corrin. In fact, maybe something risky, but I'd maybe move Moeen to sev- seven, move uh, Ollie Robinson up to eight, and I'd probably place the key mood and probably take the hit on the fact we maybe lose a little bit of batting, but... Let's hope the extra bowler means we get them out quicker. I mean, I could be utterly, utterly wrong. Um, but it's worth a go. I mean, what, what one nil down? You, 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 I mean, I mean, we'd lost in all likelihood at Trent Bridge if it hadn't rained. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have lost all four <laughs> tests this 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 summer if it hadn't rained. In in yeah. all likelihood. Uh, so yeah, let's make a change. Why not? Why not? Why not go for it? Um, right. There's only been South Africa first-class cricket who can bat. Yeah, true. So, we'll, we're going to leave the the England-India chat behind purely because I think we've talked about it enough and everyone else has talked about it enough. And we're going to have a look at something a bit more positive or possibly positive, depending on if you like it or not. The 100, uh, now down to the last... Well, last couple of games now, it's literally eliminators. Final games. Uh, what do we, what do we make of it so far? Obviously, I've, we've had, we've had Aiden, Johnny. We've sort of said they've enjoyed watching bits of it. They've followed it, um, but not massively going out of the way to watch it as such. So, what, what have you made of it? Um, I'd probably fall in line with them. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it, and I've watched. If I've been at home, I've watched. I've, Turn it on and add it on in the background, uh, and it, it's it's cricket at the end of the day, isn't it? It's just whether, whether I would a bit like the IPL and the, the Big Bash. If you don't live in the cities, it, it lacks any context. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you get to watch good bowlers bowling and good batsmen with some good fielding. It's 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 entertainment. You know, you you come in from work and and it's on, and you think, oh well, that was good, and then. Two hours later, you've, you've forgotten about it, but it, it's mm. entertaining while it's on. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, I view it the same way. I view one day international series, in T20 series. It, it, needs, it needs some sort of context for, yeah. for it, to, for it to, to sustain itself for, for, for a long period of time. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully long term it does. Because I think it does have a place. Yeah. But uh, at the moment, it's it's just a load of random cricket games played yeah. every night, and with a a final at the end of it. it. It needs it needs something more than that. I think. Yeah, I think that's something that I, I guess they hope grows over sort of the next three or four years. They maybe yeah. they they build sort of identities for the teams, players. It becomes known that. He is a, he is a Watsik player. That's what he's known as. He's he's a Phoenix player. He's a Trent Rockies. That's who he plays for. And sort of a bit like the IPL players, sort of get known for 
and teams get known for, for having certain ways and such. Um, so I think that's the way they'll hope it'll go. I mean, a little recap on it. So obviously we've got the Eliminator on Friday for the men's and the women's at the Oval. The men's Eliminator will be Southern Brave versus Trent Rockets, who finished second and third um, pretty comfortably in the end. Uh, the Eliminator for the women's will be the Oval Invincibles versus the Birmingham Phoenix. Birmingham Phoenix just getting in on net run race. So have a nice new, less complex competition, but still you have to use net run rate which always makes me laugh a little and then obviously the winner of the eliminators goes to the finals day on saturday at lords birmingham phoenix are already there they have looked very very strong to be fair to them um got of course liam livingston leading the way and i'm interested to see if i don't think it's been i'm not sure if it's been said whether moeen ali will actually play i think it's been said that david milan will and craig overton will um, but it'd be interesting if Moeen Ali is allowed to go and play in that final or not. Um, and then Southern Brave women's won, well, won the league by five points. I mean, they only lost one game. And then the next best was winning, was only losing three games, which I think tells you a lot about how strong they were. Just a couple of standout performances. Liam Livingston last night, possibly the best all-round T20 white ball performance seen. 92 not out in a chase, having previously got three for 25. is a pretty, pretty good all-round effort. Um, and then a shout-out has to be for Rashid Khan, who on Sunday bowled absolutely brilliant for Trent Rockets. Basically won in the game with his spell, which while he's going through what he's going through with everything that's happening in Afghanistan, I think it's fair to say was a fair effort. Um, and fair play to him, I think. He's obviously going through a lot right now and I think everyone's offering him the support, but obviously there's not much much people can do, but to go out and bowl like he did was unbelievable, and fielded really well, took a good couple of catches as well, to be fair. But yeah, so it all sort of comes to a head this weekend, it'll obviously be all over BBC as well as Sky Sports. If I was to pick, I would say that I think the Birmingham Phoenix are going to beat Trent and Rockets, I'm going to go with in the final, in the men's, in the women's, Southern Brave, I think, will beat Oval Invincibles in the final. Southern Braves are way too good. Um, next week, we'll have a little chat maybe about a couple of players of the tournament and a couple of ideas we maybe have to to make the 100 better. Right. It is only right that we mentioned the other possibly better test match that happened last week. West Indies versus Pakistan. West Indies won by one wicket. Um, Kimar Roach, I think it was, got 30 not out. Last wicket stand of about 17, 18, I think it was, with the 19-year-old Seals. Seals, youngest player, to, I think it is, to have ever got a five-wicket haul for, for the Windies, I think possibly ever in Test cricket at 19. Uh, what a game of cricket. I'm, I think the one thing I will say is that I don't think Test cricket's particularly strong right now. I think it's quite weak. I think New Zealand and India are way ahead of everyone else. But then that sort of middling pack from Australia, England, West Indies, Pakistan, South Africa is actually, they're not great by any stretch of the imagination. They're not even particularly good when you compare them to teams of the past that their countries have had. But they're so very similar in standard and have each have just slight different strengths and weaknesses that I find them really entertaining when they take each other on. Like when you think back to last summer for England and taking on Pakistan and West Indies, I think it, it it's made for some really entertaining cricket. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, it's going back to one of my bugbears that I've probably not mentioned on here, but I've mentioned to anybody in real life. Um, when did we stop playing Pakistan in a, a four or five test series? I mean, they're yeah. the most entertaining series. I yes, mean, this, this is this is the first time that India have come over here and been competitive for yeah in my lifetime. Well, not in my lifetime, but certainly for the last fifteen years. And yet, mm. we, you know, New Zealand and Pakistan. Every time they come over here, it's entertaining. They're always draws or a series of draws. And you know, why why do we have to play Australia and India in five test series, and everybody else gets mm-hmm. two tests in? February or something. Yeah, um, I do agree. I do think that. Um, yeah, certainly. I, I can't. I can't see why that we we always teams like that. New Zealand are the one that always gets me because obviously of how good they are. That we we still only offer them two or three test series. I think five test series. I'd I'd like to see us give five test series to every country at some point. Really. Yeah. Other than I guess. Even Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, maybe. I know not they're not strongest at the moment, but I think it's only fair that everyone gets that opportunity at some point. I know you're always going to give Australia five and you're probably always going to give India five, but I actually quite like to see us maybe only play three, one year against India and then play five versus yeah. Pakistan. Yeah. I would quite yeah. like the change-up. Um, it's not solely cricket, though, is it? That's the problem. It's uh, it's the yeah. politics of, of, of snobbing India and and giving Pakistan five, or snobbing Australia and giving New Zealand five. Um, and that's it's a shame for people who who sort of want to watch evenly matched cricket. Yeah. Um, oh no, yeah, definitely. It's all about let's. In reality, it's all about money and it's who's going to pay hundred twenty quid to to go and watch, isn't it? Yeah, very true. So, really good test match series. That, that's what well, test match that's been. Um, Mohamed Rizwan, I've got to mention, is great catch. That I think to get the ninth wicket, everyone thought, oh, they're surely going to do it. I think it's going to be an interesting series going forward. So, we'll keep an eye on that. Tomorrow, Royal London One Day Cup final at Trent Bridge. The semis have only been in the last couple of days. And I must admit, I'm really glad to say that. It's two counties who maybe you wouldn't have expected as much to be to be challenging for silverware this year, but fair play to them. They've done a great job. Um, it's Durham versus Glamorgan. Durham and Glamorgan, fair, both of them have done really, really well. been very impressed by them. Durham have a beautiful kit as well, which always helps matters. Uh, <laughs> so a big, big game tomorrow for both of those counties. They'll be desperate to win. Obviously, we all know the shine's maybe been taken off it a little bit by the the competition being, I guess, second rate now for many people. But still, some really good players playing in it. Um, obviously, it's only a tenner to get in for adults and a quid for kids tomorrow. They're expecting over ten thousand people for it, so I'm sure plenty of people will be watching the live stream of it. I'll be trying to watch a bit of it as well. Any? Preferences to who you, you want to win or who you think will win out of them, Mountie? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Durham. Uh, no, I mean Dur- Durham. Are, Durham are always are always quite a strong side. I know they've had the problems off the pitch um, in the last few years, so I think if you're going to put a gun to my head, I'd probably say Durham. But because uh, I don't, I don't know who's. Uh, I'll be honest, I've not followed it because with the hundred, I, I don't know who's playing in this, who's playing 
and, it, and who's not available. Um, if it was a, a full strength side, if they if a hundred released the players to go back, I'd I'd say Durham, but I don't know who's um, I don't know who's available because that the sale other than the odd Lanks game, I've uh, I've not followed this at all, which is a shame because it's a, a traditional tournament, mm. uh, and there should be. Hopefully, when we, we get back to sort of non-COVID times next year, uh, hopefully there's a space for all all four domestic tournaments and test cricket and one-day cricket and T20 <laughs> cricket. But how you do it, I don't know. Well, without, will, with, without, without, without getting a... Without extending the summer. Yeah. I think no matter what happens, there'll be a few people upset no matter what schedule yeah. is. Yeah, and no I think, doubt, yeah. I think I mean they'll probably hate me saying this, but I think you maybe the people you want to maybe upset are the players a little bit and not have red ball and white ball windows, mix it up and just sort of say, Luke, sorry, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with it. That's how we how it is, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, Durham versus Glamorgan tomorrow. Make sure you watch it and if for some reason you're free tomorrow, get yourself down at a ten if it's a bargain day out, to be fair. Right then, the only other thing I've got before we talk about North Staffs is something that's very controversial, bad news. I don't really know what you want to say, but it is, of course, all about Yorkshire County Cricket Club and the Azim Rafiq case or investigation or lack of investigation, as it seems to be. Um, It all came out over a year ago now, Uh, talking to the Cricket Badger podcast, talking to George DeBal on Crick Info. Zim Rafiq basically saying that Yorkshire is institutionally racist. He's encountered plenty of racism there. Um, they did their own independent investigation. Um, not very good for, for audio podcast, but I did just do the old um, inverted commas with my hands there because it's independent, but they chose... They, pay, they have paid the people to do it and they have chosen the people to do the investigation. Um, it become, it's become clear today that having still not given out the the details of the investigation, I've not made a statement still, George DeBal has basically let slip some of the stuff that's in it. Um, some of the language that's been used by certain people at the club, I think it's fair to say is disgusting at best. Um just really not not good at all. I would suggest if you've if you've got a spare half an hour, have a read back as to what was said last year. Have a listen to Cricket Badger's podcast with Azim Rafiq, and then have a read of what George Bell's about today. Um, Yorkshire, I believe, are backpedalling, desperately trying to make out that they are doing something. I believe they've emailed. The rumor is they have emailed Azim Rafiq today to tell them that they've now receive the results of the investigation because they re- they were being basically told off, shall we say, or picked on by certain people by the fact that they hadn't even spoke to Azim Rafiq for months on end and notified him of anything. So apparently today, once George DeBell has, has put out that article, they've decided to email, um, which I think says it all. Dare I ask what you think about all that? Uh, that's... People need to go and read it through for themselves and make their own conclusion. Uh, I'm not in favour of getting myself in trouble or getting you in trouble. That's as far as I'll say. <laughs> uh, we don't uh, mind getting in trouble. I'm, uh, I'm not but yes, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, 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 there's people who it doesn't take too much, uh, too much reading between the lines to work out who are being spoken about. Um, one of whom's 
still fairly senior at Yorkshire. Yeah. Uh, Interestingly, I'm told by people who appear to be in the know that they actually reckon that gentleman isn't actually that highly watched about it in, in the investigation. And he isn't one of the people rumoured to be necessarily accused of, of some of the language that is spoken about. Which Are you talking about a famous Twitter personality, Ashley? Oh, no, I'm talking about someone. I'm, I, maybe I'm talking about someone else. I'm talking about a very important person who there was criticism over the fact that they were involved in in various tournaments, shall we say. Yeah, no, it was a certain championship winning captain, which given Yorkshire have won about 80 championships, I can <laughs> probably say that without, uh, <laughs> without who, who I believe is, uh, is implicated. Um, who is still involved in Yorkshire? So that probably narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, but I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave it with you if you want to edit that out. Last. Nah, let's not edit anything out. Let's leave. Uh, but yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. I think the ECB have now sort of finally stepped up a little bit and said something needs to be done by Yorkshire. They need to to do something about this. So hopefully we might finally see something. But I think. It's fair to say that if you if you've got the time, just spend half an hour looking, reading through, listening to stuff about it. Um, you can make your own conclusions, but I think the be all and end all is is that cricket still needs to do a lot more to to combat racism within the sport. And to be fair, not even just racism. I know we've spoken about before, sort of almost classism and how sort of the game is the elitism of, of cricket. So. Yeah, I would suggest going and having a little look if you've got the time. Right, that's all I've got for other cricketing news. Is there anything I've missed? Because let's be honest, there's that much cricket going on. It's quite easy at the moment to, to miss what what is happening. Not not much that you've missed. I mean, I've been following the England India series, and I and the hundred has been on the telly in the evening because they they, they haven't put the highlights on uh, because of live <laughs> cricket on, but. Uh, T20 Blast quarterfinals. I don't know when they are. Are they next, next week? week? I believe. Yeah. I don't. But you'll have a podcast for them, won't you? So you can you can preview hope, those. We hope so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the only the only other one, isn't it? Dom Sibley. Yeah, because uh, there was there was the talk that uh, there's no no cricket for Sibley to play between now and the end of the next test. So I'm assuming that that it's the finals of 100 and then the, the test match. Yeah, I think that, that is, is pretty that much is it. cricket. That is cricket, that So I guess it's only fair then we go to obviously the real, the real top level of cricket, <laughs> um, which is the North Staffs Cricket League. Uh, been an interesting weekend, I think it's fair to say. Uh, there was as well as the usual cricket, there was also some T20 action. So I'll have a quick mention of that, I'm sure. Um, but we'll start in the Prem as always. Uh, quick run through in the Prem, Port Hill Park. Got the winning draw against Bagnell. Um, Port Hill won, won, obviously won the toss, chose to bat, 246 for seven. Great effort. 97 from Johnny Hancock. He had to score runs because we'd been taking the mick a bit and saying he'd become a bowler to Dan last week. So fair play to him. Hate to tell, say, but uh, being on the pod didn't help Dan's, Dan's run tally this week. So sorry, Dan. Uh, 54 not out there as well for Ben Cotton. Great effort from Ben. Uh, and then Bagnell held on, 185 for nine, literally held on by the skin of the teeth for that draw. Billow Albati got 61. Now Broaders and Greg Willett at the end, not out, saving for that, um, to get them points. 
four wickets there for Craig Barker and three for Matt Coxon. So well done to those boys, well bowled boys. Moving on to Modishall versus Cheadle. Modishall got a great win. Big win there for them. Uh, they chose to, well, they didn't, cho- sorry, they didn't choose to. Cheadle chose to field first and put Mod into bat. Mod 224 for five. Uh, Gareth McAloon got 33. Callum Hawkins 43. Rizwan Hussein 79. Great effort there. And then bowled out Cheadle, surprisingly, I would say, for 136. Um, and Ali Khan got 56 of them. So it tells you a lot about the other scores. Only one other person, Oz Crump, making it to double figures and challenging the scores, really. Uh, five for there for Dan Corkle. So well bowled that man. Meekins, they've gone to the top of the table due to the fact that Portill and Longton could only manage draw, winning draws. Meekins beat Ashcombe Park in a high-scoring affair at Meekins, I think it's fair to say, and one that must have got very tense because it took Meekins till the very last over to win it. Fighting first, Ashcombe Park 2-4-3. The winner of our Star of the Week in my heart, um, sorry, not our winner of the Star of the week. He came second. He was winning up till about the last hour. Mahars Ahmed, 109 from 95 balls. Haroon Mahmood, 52. Phil Clowes, 35. They probably fancied the chances of defending that, but Meekins did not allow it. Um, 61 from Mike Hill, 40 from Jack Hammond, and then Matt Redican and Zafar Itbal got him over the line with 18 not out and 21 not out. Great result for, for Meekins, I would say there. Ashcombe Park will not be happy, I would imagine, after posting that. They probably thought they were on for the win, but they lost with four balls to go. Beersland put Leak into yet more trouble at the bottom of the table. Absolute crushing victory for them. Leak, 142 all out, batting first. Lodolf Potgeiter, I think that's how you say his name. I apologise if I got it wrong. 36 for him. Uh, looking down the scorecard there, Wickets for Callum Harrison and Michael Brown. And even a couple for Zem Malik again. Um, would Did the damage and then knocked it off with ease. Ashshaw, 57 not out. Zem Malik, 75 not out of 71 balls. Good win there for Burslem. Stone and Longton drew. Um, Stone holding on for dear death at the end. And dear life at the end and did a very good job of it. 265 for nine declared from 45 overs. It was a brilliant effort from Longton. 101 not 101 out, sorry, uh, off 68 balls from Ricky Vessels. What a player he is showing he is in this level. Um, and then Alex Coates got 49 as well. And that was despite a five for, for Jacob Degg. Um, so fair play to Jacob Degg. Well bowled there to that lad. But Stone held on, held on and just about got away with it. 173 for nine from there, 55 overs. Managed to hold on despite the extra 55. And I've got to give a massive shout-out here to number 10 batsman Max Cuthbert. 44 not out. That's a great effort at number 10. And Ed Gaffney was down the other end from him with a six not out. Four wickets there for Tom Hope, but he just couldn't quite get over the line. And then last but not least, Checkley won comfortably an absolute battering of Whitmore. I don't quite know what must happen to Whitmore, to be honest. Checkley, one toss, 172 for six off 50 overs. Suggests he wasn't the best track ever seen at Whitmore. 56 not out for Andy Carr. Um, and 61 down the order for Brendan Lovett not out. Lots of low scores, though, other than that. But then Whitmore all out for 50. And, 20, and 15 of them came from the skipper, Matt McCall. And 
another five of them came from extra, so only 30 runs between the other 10 batsmen, and none of them, as you can imagine, making double figures. So that's how it ended up in the Prem. We'll have a quick look at Div 1 and, we'll, and Div 2 and Div 3, and then we'll quickly go through the table. So the Battle of the Parish, Audley drew against Wood Lane. Eccleshall won comfortably by seven wickets against Leasick. Leasick 93 all out. Eccleshall knocked it off with ease within 20 overs. Alworth again, easy winners. 126 for two after in the after just 27 overs, chasing 125 after they got Little Stoke all out. Easy win for Nye, but Blythe in the end. Well, to be fair, they were seven down. Blythe, 120 all out. Nye knocked it off seven down. Emmy for one by a massive, massive margin. They, op- they chose to bat first, 220 for nine or 50 overs. Newcastle also 76 all out. And then Endon just about got over the line in a low-scoring affair at Sandiford. Sandiford, 119 all out. And they were 122 for eight. Into Div 2, and I'm going to probably upset Aidan Jono, even though they're not here tonight, because they didn't have the best of weekends. Road Park won with ease at All Sage, All Sage 89 not all out. Road Park managed to win just two down in 20 overs. Big Lend, Cavers all back first, 1 6 1 all out. Big Lend didn't, from what I'm told, thought they were in the game, then didn't start well, then from nowhere got themselves back in the game. And then managed to lose by 16 runs, one or 17 runs, one four three all out. And I'm told that the last wick, the last three wickets fell for just one run. So Jono, the kettle was the kettle was on. He was not a happy bunny. But neither was Aid. To be fair, so it must have been a bad day at the office because Aid was losing his head as well. Mary got a bit of a, a stuffing by Okamore, who got back on track. Mary one thirteen all out. Okamore one seventy for seven. Norton and Ailes won an abs- a great game by the looks of it at home to Sandbach. Sandbach are obviously strong. Norton and Ailes, if you've watched the highlights, did really well. 2-3-5, Jack Furnival was the star there for him. And Sandbach were trying their best to hold on for a draw, but with five balls to go. I think it was Jack Furnival as well, thanks to a great catch from the keeper. It's worth going on the highlights just to watch that. Um, spot joyous scenes for, for Norton and Ailes as they took that last wicket just in the nick of time. I'm sure Mountie's going to want to mention this next one now or mention someone from it. Port Hill Park lost to Silverdale, but they did post 239 for five. Thanks, Joe. I think it was 101 from Rowan Hesketh, yeah, previously yeah. of Batley. Yeah, good man, Rob. Well done, if you're listening. <laughs> so well done to Rowan on that, but Silverdale managed to knock it off quite comfortably, a couple of overs to go, only six down. And then Stafford got quite a big win against Barlaston. Barlaston posted one six two for nine. Stafford knocked it off with just three wickets down in 29 overs. And that brings us on to the last of the divisions that we'll cover. Div three, really quick. Checkley beat Cheadle. Crew lost to Stone. Hampford beat Eccleshaw. Uh, Hemheath beat Meekins, which was again a bit, maybe a bit of a surprise. Um, Somehow Wedgwood ones managed to somehow lose to Modestal and Alton what twos. Uh, 99 all out. Modestal were somehow we managed to be 92 all out. I won't talk any more about that because I don't want to upset anyone at the club. Uh, <laughs> quickly, uh, they weren't happy either, so it's fine. Quick look at the tables before we get on to just mention the star of the weekend. 
Meekins are top of the league. Got a bit of a gap now, nine points over Longton. And then Port Hill are a bit even further behind now. Um, bottom end of the table, I think it's fair to say Ashcombe are still looking like, unless he can pull a couple of wins out in these last few weeks, are probably going to go down. And it's looking like they might be joined by their neighbours, Leek, who are five points short of Whitmore. Whitmore have, done, have had a 20-point deduction, though they would be up in seventh now if it wasn't for that. Cheadle, I guess, is still a little bit in it as well, but it, it looks like it's between the bottom three sides, and you would hope Whitmore and Aldi have played would manage to do a little bit better and stay up, stay up, but it's still all to play for. Div 1, top of the league in Div 1 is still Alworth. They're starting to run away with it. I think they will feel like they're nearly there now, promotion-wise. Hemi have got a bit of a, a gap now, 16 points over Nipersley and 18 points over Ecclesall. It's still four teams in it, but you'd think Alworth are now probably more or less up, and you would say that it's between Hemif and Nipersley and Ecclesall for that second place. Little Stoke, I think it's fair to say, are basically down, and Blythe are now fighting with Lisit for that last spot. They've got 10 points to make up. Sorry, Toby Degg, but you need to have a little word with the boys and say to them, come on, because otherwise you'll be facing the Ginger one and Jono next year. Norton and Ailes have started to get away in Div 2. They're quite a way ahead. Silverdale is starting to catch up on Sambat, so that could be an interesting battle going into the final weeks. And then the bottom of the table is quite tight. Miri are basically gone now, sadly. Um, but then it's a big battle, really, between Road Park and Stafford, you would say. However, Barlston and Big Lend and even Allsager aren't fully clear of them yet. Less than 20 points between all those sides, and they're not clear of it by any stretch of the imagination. And then Div 3, another tight division. I think every division is still pretty tight. Mod are top and Stoner in second. You'd think them two will go up now, but Checkley seconds are still in the hunt. Bottom half of the table, orderly look like they're probably going to go down. Um, and then you would probably say Crew, but Wedgwood are still clearly in, in the battle and still got a lot to do to make sure they stay up. There was T20 action. Um, Longton beat Port Hill in a great game. We, me and Aid and Jono were down at um, Audley. They did really well. Rob Emmins, the star man for them, as they beat Meekins. So some really good T20 action, and obviously finals days are to come for that one. Star of the weekend, we had some great nominations. Uh, one came from Mountie, who mentioned that Ricky Vessel's got 101 of 68 balls, following on from a 55 the night before in a T20. Sadly, Mountie did not win. He's going to win. He's going to be one of the top four every week, though, isn't he? Yeah, you would hope for the next next seven weeks. (laughs) He's got to win one sooner or later. Um, I think in the end, Vessels, I can't remember if Ricky finished second or third in the end. Uh, Someone who looked like they were going to win it for a long time was Jack Furnival from Norton and Ailes. Norton and Ailes put the backing in for him after I think he got a fourth and 90 odd. Um, but he, he ended up, I think, finishing possibly fourth. Mahars Ahmed from Ashcombe was right up there for a long, long time, and I don't think I've seen anyone have it shared by so many friends before. Um, he had loads, and fair play to him. He hit 109, got a three from two, three catches. So, to be fair, I think I'd have given it to him. But the winner, at the fourth time of asking, he's been in, nominated a fair few times, was Alex McChristy for, I think it was a 90-odd not out, and... A very tough chase for Silverdale. So fair, fair play to Alex McChristie. Well done to that man. Um, 
remember getting nominations in next week, mainly because it saves me a job of scouring through the joys of overplay cricket results. So please get them in. And I think really that is us done, unless Mounty, you've got anything else you'd like to mention or talk about, or anything about Betley you'd like to sell any events or anything going forward? Uh, the only one that I, I probably should say while I'm, while I'm on, uh, the Dan Hughes Memorial Day that I know Jono and Aidan Audley and Binland and Woodlane are all keen on. Um, Matty Holmes, who I think is now wicketkeeper for Binland, he's been keeper for Elworth and Betley in the past. Uh, that's Sunday the 12th. Um, and it's all day job, uh, sort of family fun day. Six is eight side cricket. Um, you're probably better getting Jono on for the exact details. Right? <laughs> several pints. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if, if people uh, around sort of North Staffs can, can support that, I know it's it's a great cause. It's it's one that um, that Betley and Audley and, and Woodlane and Bigland have, have all supported in the past. Uh, it's, it's for a great cause for cardiac risk in the young. Um, and I'm sure that, uh, that John will talk more more uh, succinctly yeah. about it over the coming weeks, but uh, a date for your diary. Yeah. I'm sure John will, will do a whole episode on it for us if we if we ask him to. Um, yeah. it, is a, it is a brilliant cause. He's going to hate me when I tell him that not only am I not able to go to Nathan Butler on at Port Hill because I am running an event already at Wedgwood, the, the, our own charity tournament, because we're idiots and boot, boot the same day as that one, but I'm going to the Oval on the 12th of September. I've got three tickets to the Oval to watch Essex versus... Uh, sorry, so I apologise now to Jono in public for the fact that I won't be there to support the day, so I apologise again. And I'll keep saying sorry, because eventually will forgive me. So I think that's what's all done. As always, please follow, please subscribe, please review. Even if you are uh, an Indian fan who just likes to send us loads of abuse because we don't like Virat Kohli as a bloke. As I mean, don't get me wrong, I think, I think I'm not a big fan of Tim Payne, but he has got a point. He might be a good player, he might be a skipper, but you can't like him as a bloke, surely. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow, comment. We, we love chatting to people, even if they are just telling us to F off because of what we've said about Coley. Um, as always, go and support Woodstock, our supporters. Go and have a look at their kit. You won't get better kit anywhere else, as far as we know, and as far as the cricketers mag keeps telling us. Um, as we've just mentioned them, cry, please support them, please donate to them, please go to their screening days as well. It's a really good thing to go and do. And we'll be back next week and we'll try our best to get a guest with us. And I'll try my best to actually get the ginger one on for the first time in about a month. And, of course, to get Johnny back on, I'm sure, by then his club business will hopefully have been sorted. Well, a big thanks to Mounty for being on tonight and filling in for the boys because otherwise people would have been listening me to me talk to myself or my dog. So cheers it for might, that, Mounty. It might, it might have been better, but... <laughs> We'll leave that for the the fans of India to tell us all about what they think. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'd rather listen to <laughs> to my two dogs talking about the sounds of it. But yeah, so big thanks to everyone who's listened. As always, go well at the weekend. Try your best score some runs. If you don't, blame it on the stick. Buy a new Woodstock one. Stick a cry stick on the back. You'll be all good, I promise. But yeah, go well, guys. Cheers and have a good rest of your week. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. 
how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah.